0: Are you okay? Do you feel okay? Melanie dusted the tarmac grit off her face. There was a scrape on her elbow, some blood. The Cheez-Its blew off down the runway. The plastic cup rolled to Josh's feet. He picked it up, and the air sickness bag as well. Would you like me to get a first aid kit? He asked Melanie. She put a hand to her cheek, and the other hand massaged her stomach. Oh, no... Thank you, though. I'm fine. Are you sure? Heavy-breathing sister said. What about... I'm fine, Melanie said. Blaine will apologize, Heavy-breathing sister said. Apologize, Blaine. Sorry, the boy mumbled. You could have hurt your brother. You could have hurt Melanie. You just can't do things like that, sweetheart. You have to be careful. He said he was sorry, Vic, scowling sister said. This was not joke material. The three women, collectively, were the most miserable-looking people Josh had ever seen. Welcome to Nantucket, Josh said, hoping his words might cheer them, though Carlo was always reminding him that he was not an ambassador. He should just tend to the bags. Scowling sister rolled her eyes. Thanks a lot, she said. They should have driven to the island, Brenda thought, as they climbed into a cab outside the terminal. She had been coming to Nantucket her entire life, and they always drove, and then put the car on the ferry. This year, because of the kids and Vicky's cancer and a desire to get to Nantucket as expediently as possible, no matter what the cost, they had flown. They shouldn't have broken with tradition, in Brenda's opinion, because look what happened. They were off to a horrible start already. Melanie had vomited the whole flight, then she fell, giving Vicki something else to worry about. The whole point of the summer was to help Vicky relax, to soothe her, to ease the sickness from her body. Vicki had invited Melanie to Nantucket for the summer because Melanie had problems. She was dealing with a complicated situation back in Connecticut. But it was also the case that Brenda's company alone had never been enough for Vicky all their lives, all through growing up, whether it was camping trips, nights at the summer carnival, or church on Sunday, Vicky had brought a friend. This summer, it was Melanie Patchen. The news that Melanie would be joining them was sprung on Brenda at the last minute, giving her no opportunity to protest. During the limousine ride from Darien to LaGuardia, Brenda had heard about the complicated situation. Melanie and her husband, Peter Patchen, had been trying forever to get pregnant. They had, in the past calendar year, endured seven failed rounds of in vitro fertilization. Then, a few weeks ago, Peter admitted he was having an affair with a young woman from his office named Frances Digit. Melanie was devastated. She was so upset she made herself sick. She couldn't keep food down. She took to her bed. Then she missed her period. She was pregnant, and the complicated part of her situation was that she had left Connecticut without telling her husband that she was leaving and without telling him she was pregnant. She was stealing away with Vicky and Brenda and the kids because she needed time to think, time away. Brenda had taken in this information silently but skeptically. The last thing she and Vicki needed this summer was a stowaway from a complicated situation. Vicki had lung cancer, and Brenda had problems of her own. Earlier that spring, she had been fired from her teaching job at Champion University for sleeping with her only male student, and, as if that weren't catastrophic enough, there were unrelated criminal charges pending concerning a valuable piece of university-owned art. Sex scandal, criminal charges. Brenda had gone from being hot property, a celebrated young professor, the it-girl of Champion University, to being the subject of rumor and gossip. Everyone on Champion's campus had been talking about her. Dr. Brenda Linden, who earned top teaching marks in the English department her very first semester, had conducted an illicit affair with one of her students. And then, for a reason nobody could discern, she had vandalized an original Jackson Pollock, a bequest from a gung-ho alumnus that hung on the wall of the English Department's Barrington Room. In addition to the mortifying shame of her relationship with John Walsh, Brenda had been forced to hire a lawyer. She